A white man? No! And welcome to the Unsub is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we are back again with uh, Season 1, Episode 3 this time. And apparently people have been listening to us. Yeah, it's exciting. Thank you so much, everybody who has been listening and reviewing. We appreciate that we are not reviewing into the void, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) People like us. Oh my God, who would have thought? It's because they have never met us in real life. That's true. (laughs) They can turn us off if they don't want to listen to us. Anymore. Yeah. Unlike Criminal Minds, which no matter how bad it gets. You cannot turn it off. <laughs> I can't. I watched an embarrassing amount of Criminal Minds the other day, and I'm now on season 11. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Up. I'm getting there. Uh, but still had time to circle back for uh, a couple viewings of our current episode. Yes. Won't get fooled again. It originally aired October 5th, 2005. Uh, and there's a lot to discuss here, mainly how little I know about explosives. I also don't know anything about explosives. It was shocking. I got to a point where I could no longer tell what was fact and what might possibly be satire because I have zero knowledge of the mechanics <laughs> of how any of these things work, turns out. That's no. a little bit of a tripping up point. Yeah, like when I think bomb, I think of like a black ball with a wick. Right. And like has Acme written on the yeah, side. Yeah, like Wiley Coyote. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not something that you can Google freely uh, <laughs> no. without becoming very worrisome. I did do a little bit of Googling and I did spend uh, an embarrassing amount of time reading the Justice Department's A Guide for Explosion and Bombing Scene Investigation. Wow. Which was published in 2000 uh, by Janet Reno. Perfect. <laughs> Throwback. So I realized, you know, this might be fairly relevant to their investigation in 2005 on the show, which yeah, is why I spent true. so much time reading all 64 pages of it to try to <laughs> decipher if what they were doing in this episode was actually how things would be done because my instinct was no. Hmm. Everyone's kind of prancing around these places, no protective gear, civilians left and right. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but yes, there's a lot going on. We'll definitely have to discuss that. Yes. But, um, I realize having listened to the first two episodes that it kind of just seems like I'm hate watching this show and I'm not. <laughs> I There's do no enjoy hate here. It. It's just the first two episodes were a little rough because yeah. it seemed like they just really weren't sure what they were doing yet. But this one was kind of a turning point for me. And normally in like crime shows, when I hear bomb, I just kind of check out because it's not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But this one actually kind of had me hooked. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, this was... Uh, dare I say, an explosive episode. And yeah, very, very entertaining. I liked this one a lot. There's a lot of good stuff here. I have lots of exclamation points in my notes this time and not question mark exclamation point at the end of things. Like I felt like there was some really solid acting, especially Mm -hmm. from Mandy Patinkin. It was very centered on his character. Yes. Um, The cooperation between the BAU and the local police department was actually Mm -hmm. like functional. And it seemed like everybody had a job to do this time. Yeah. Yeah. No one was there just to be there. (laughs) 
It was great. Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan of this one too. And I was skeptical, like I said, until I did some of my research. <laughs> Turns out we might be onto something here. They might know what they're doing. I don't know. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, this one starts with um, two men and they're arguing on a street in a suburban neighborhood in Florida, um, Palm Beach, I think. I always want to say Palm Springs, but that's not the same (laughs) thing. Um, There's an older man and a younger man and the younger man has some like Lou Ferrigno vibes in his... uh, I'm wondering if you realize who the older man is, the bald guy. He looked very familiar and I don't know who he is. I am... at at the same time exposing how much of a dork I am and my age as an elder millennial in that this is the dad from Even Stevens. Is it really? It is. And I looked it up just to double check, but it is indeed Steve Stevens, everyone. (laughs) Right there at the top of the episode. He looked extremely familiar and I could not place him. It's another win for the guest stars on Criminal Minds. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the older one is trying to avoid the younger man. The younger guy is like uh, yelling at him, demanding that he sit down and meet with him. It seems like there's some sort of a, like business deal that they need to talk about. Um, he threatens the man not to bl- uh, blow him off again um, and makes sure to, that they're going to have this meeting. And then the older guy lifts a package he had been carrying off the roof of his car and the car and everything explodes. He's still alive. He's like screaming in the street. It's very traumatizing. Yes. (laughs) They really keep upping the violence ante because last time I was like, what, it was in the first seven minutes. There's like extreme. Yeah. But we were like watching a video of the kid on fire. This time we see the man who's just been bombed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then we cut over to the BAU and Hotch is telling Gideon that there have been two bombings that morning in Palm Beach. Uh, Morgan and Reed explain that they're pipe bombs with a sensitive detonator that goes off if the package is even tilted a little bit. So that means that they couldn't have been sent in the mail. They have to be hand delivered. Yeah. And I'm no profiler, but wow, the steady hand and steely reserve of this unsub when we they explain how precarious this entire mechanism is. And he's just... Yeah casually carrying them up to people's front doors apparently yes disconcerting from the beginning a lot of confidence that i i mean i'm not coordinated enough to do that uh gideon recommends not raising the terror alert he doesn't want to freak everybody out but then jj comes in turns on the news and informs them that the attacks are all over the news so everybody knows about it and right behind the reporter um another bomb goes off in that same neighborhood um So Hotch announces that they are going to Palm Beach and he says, meet at the airstrip in 20, which made me sad. Oh, (laughs) so close. Because we have not reached the magic. He hasn't gotten to his signature line. No, hasn't come up with the magic line of wheels up in 20 yet. So I'm excited to see when the first time that shows up. That's going to be a momentous occasion. Uh, So then Morgan offers to stay behind to supervise the bomb profile since he had, which I just, I just really hate the way that that is worded. Uh-huh. I know, I know what he meant, but I just, it's so pretentious sounding. Well, and it's also uh, shocking that not only does Morgan have a deep background in obsessional crimes, but apparently a background in ATF. Exactly. Too. I don't. Yeah. What a talented guy. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, he is concerned about Gideon working on this bombing case so soon after coming back into the field. Legitimate. And, yeah, and Hotch totally blows him off and tells him not to profile the profiler. I love this moment because like, Hotch is so, like, macho. Oh, yeah. are you scared, Morgan? Yeah, which I just, I did not like that. No. At all, because, I mean, he's not profiling anyone. He's looking at someone he knows well and whose mental health history he knows and making a reasonable assumption a about how that about a person could be feeling. Mm-hmm. And Hotch just totally blows him off. Didn't like that at all. <laughs> no, nope, I agree. I agree. It was not good. So then... We hop onto the plane where Hotch is telling us about the bombing victims. There is an elderly widow. There's uh, Mr. Clerman, the guy who we saw in the cold open who Mm -hmm. got bombed. Um, There is the housewife who lived across the street from Clerman. That was the bomb that we saw go off on the news. And Clerman is the only one that um, survived. The other, the two women are dead. So, um... Hotch explains that uh, the only connection between any of them, other than the uh, Clerman and the women, uh, the housewife happened to live in the same neighborhood, um, were that Clerman and women, the widow, were involved in a real estate deal, um, and then I guess they bought a piece of land. There were supposed to be condos built on it. Um, the geologists found that there was methane on the land, and they couldn't build on it. And a lot of people ended up losing a lot of money. I assume. And the Lou Ferrigno guy, yeah, too, Yeah, I right? assume he would be another one of those people that um, lost money in this deal. Mm-hmm. So Reed speculates that someone might have been mad enough to target Clerman, and Gideon says it's way too early to theorize about motives, but I felt like that was a Seems really like a reasonable assumption. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, that is not a leap. That... Makes a lot of sense. That seems like facts we should follow up on and not ignore. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So then uh, Gideon decides he wants, he tells them they have to start from the absolute beginning, which means we're going to learn the most basic stereotypical statistics about bombers in general. Yes. uh, Which, of course, Reed is there to share with us. Mm -hmm. Um, He says they are mostly male loners. They have a history of criminal activity and that many bombings are a product of vandalism. And Hotch says that many bombers blow themselves up and suggests looking um, at the victims. So Mm -hmm. since Clerman um, is a male and losing that big of a deal could have been a major stressor, they decide that they should probably talk to him, especially considering he managed to make it all the way to the car from Mm -hmm. his porch without detonating the bomb. And as sensitive as they seem to think that it is... um, they feel like he's a likely suspect. Reasonable, but I just, I don't understand how whoever the unsub is, is getting these bombs to the porches if they're this precarious that he couldn't have carried it to his car because, I mean, is he like popping a squad on their front porch and quickly putting it together inside the box? Do you know what I mean? I have no idea. Like, I I don't understand. It has to be one or the other. And like, even... Even just driving in your car, like, what if you hit a bump? Right. How was he getting them there? <laughs> I don't understand. But again, this is another situation where I just, um, I don't know anything. Yeah, about my bombs. my googling <laughs> didn't help because I really couldn't go that in depth no. after my last few 
uh, yeah, online like, searches. Really, I don't want to know that much about bombs either. Yeah, I, it's good to have a little bit of suspension of disbelief <laughs> yeah. in these kinds of things. I feel like I can enjoy it a little bit more if I, you know, can't pick it apart. Yeah, at yeah. all. Okay, so um, before that, I just missed it in my lines. Mm-hmm. Um, Gideon gives us the very important uh, end cap quote, mm. which is Samuel Johnson once wrote, almost all absurdity of conduct arises from the imitation of those whom we cannot resemble. Hmm. So there's that a, is important. So I wanted big, to make sure yeah. I went back to that. There's big foreshadowing there for sure. <laughs> yes. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have caught it at the beginning, even on a rewatch. Yeah. But... These are deep end caps here. I know. I just scanned right past it. I was like, wait, no. (laughs) Okay. So then um, Morgan, we cut back to him. He's at the BAU and he's looking at the uh, bomb photos Mm -hmm. and Garcia brings him all the pieces of the bomb and uh, Morgan goes to reassemble the bomb fragments. Yeah. So here's my first question. Mm -hmm. Why? Tell me. (laughs) Because I wonder if they're also my questions. I bet they are. I bet they're the same questions everyone is having, which is why is some guy from the BAU dealing with these bomb fragments and not somebody at the ATF there's or the bomb squad. There's no way, even if he worked, like has some ATF experience, he, which yeah. is how he describes it, there is no way that there is no one in Washington, D.C. or in the FBI mm-hmm. that doesn't know more about bombs Whose than only him. only job is bombs, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, uh, so this is where my intense reading of... The, the Justice Department document came in mm-hmm. handy because at the very least, there's not some guy at a conference table dealing with bomb pieces. There's a secure lab. That makes sense. It would right? be like a, like a CSI lab yes. where there's you can't yes. get anything else on the pieces. Yeah, where like it's specifically for... And not somebody holding pieces in a Ziploc bag <laughs> where while his friend comes in and out to talk to him about it. Yeah. It was just... Absurd. Yeah. So um, he is explaining to Garcia that the construction of the bomb can tell us a lot about how an unsub thinks, um, which seems true sure, enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but it's just, it's hard to believe that someone who's not an actual bomb expert would be able to deduce just, this stuff alone. Just this one guy in an empty room. However, you know, the first time they introduced him as an obsessional crimes expert, mm-hmm. and then in two episodes, he gave us absolutely nothing that showed us that he knows anything about obsessional crimes. Mm -hmm. And at least this time, when he says, I have an ATF background, he does something with it. It's in record time, really, that he glances at the pieces of this bomb and knows exactly what's going on. But I feel, yeah, I feel like they're just, at this point, still, the writers are still scrambling to try to figure out what to do with Morgan. Yeah, yeah, they're really not sure beyond eye candy what he should be doing. What purpose does he serve other than being nice to look at. Mm-hmm. So at least they gave him something to do this time because That's true. up until this point, they have not. Honestly, I prefer it when they just relax into his laurels and let him just be good looking and strong. And the guy that kicks doors down. Yeah, like, that's all we need. But yeah. okay, sure. If you want to glance at these bomb pieces, He's we'll take it. He's the bomb guy. Whatever. Uh, so Ellen Hotch go with a local police department to search Clerman's house. His wife arrives and she's so mad that the police are there, which I mean, yeah, makes sense. She just um, came from the hospital visiting her mangled spouse. Yeah. And the ATF agents come in from the garage um, and they found a toolkit that appears 
like it's supposed to look really suspicious, but when I look at it, it looked like it had a couple of wires and a hot glue gun yeah. in it. But then there's a book in there that says the anarchist's companion. So oh, clearly man. there's nefarious things in here, yeah. but I don't know enough about making explosives to know what any of that stuff Maybe you do use a hot glue be. gun. I wouldn't know. <laughs> the only thing that bothered me about this scene is that Elle walked around with her purse over her shoulder the whole time. She does that later too. Why? I don't know. What do you need in there, L? Leave it in the car. Yeah. Oh my God, we have important things to do. Yeah. Um, so the wife is just absolutely shocked when they find these things. Um, Gideon and Reed are meanwhile interviewing uh, Clarman at the hospital. Um, he says he was taking the package to work because he thought that it was a pot for an orchid that he had ordered and the flower was in his office anyway. Um they talk to him about the argument before the explosion and Clerman says he, I don't like that. He doesn't suspect that man. He would have just beat him to a pulp if he had been that mad at him. Um, Clerman seems really remorseful about the failed deal. He said he was scammed. He was wrong to trust the geologist. And he says he feels exact, uh, especially bad about the widow because he feels like he duped her and it was so easy. Um, so like there's nothing in his demeanor that indicates that he's lying or being manipulative. Yeah, like he, he doesn't seems, seem guilty at all. Yeah, he seems really sincere, and Gideon walks out and immediately calls Hotch and says he doesn't think that he's the unsub. He um, does seem miraculously lucid for just having a limb blown off and having to be, like, yeah. jacked up on all kinds of painkillers, right? I, I would think. <laughs> I would think he would be on a lot of painkillers. Yeah. Um, L suggests that the Clermans teenage nephew had been staying with them might have assembled the bomb kit just Ugh. to like experiment with it. Um, God, this woman, yeah, a toy, this 12 year old boy is putting together these precision bombs. Yeah. Um, 12 year old boys are <laughs> melting ants under magnifying glasses. I don't know. Maybe they're just not afraid to go on places to places on the internet that you and I are afraid to go to. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, so Morgan is, we're back at the BAU. Morgan is piecing together this, uh, bomb and there's what looks like gorilla glue or something (laughs) that has to not be good for the integrity of the bomb. The craggle from the Lego movie. (laughs) Uh, so he, uh, has a few pieces that he can't figure out how to fit in. Garcia is just wandering around playing with a Nintendo DS and then immediately sits down and takes the one piece and puts it literally in the only place in the bomb it possibly could have gone. Like it's a cylinder and there's one like cylindrical hole mm-hmm. that's exactly the same size. So she oh, slides it puzzle. in and he was, uh, she just makes a joke about, oh, it's Tetris. Um, but before that, did you catch the conversation? I can't remember if it was in this part or the last time that they were talking. I forgot to write it down, but I caught it on my second viewing when Morgan asks her, asks Garcia why she's in the FBI, and she jokes, "Oh, I didn't oh, get into medical, medical school. school." And he says, "Why does that not surprise me?" And she says, "That's you sound like my dad, or something like yeah. that." Yeah, and it's just it's very it's dismissive mm-hmm. and rude. Yeah, and like I don't remember Morgan being. Dis, like this dislikable, but like he is not. He's very unlikable at the beginning. Not shown me one scene that he's been in where yeah. I have been like, oh, you seem like a good guy. No, he's either he's just, sexually harassing somebody, being condescending, or claiming to be a, a specialist in in something every aspect of every case. Something that he's not really shown us that he's good at. Yeah, yeah, and then he doesn't even build the bomb well. Yeah. She does. Yeah, because Garcia is the smartest and most competent member mm-hmm. of this yeah. team. 
Um, but as soon as she puts it together, and I don't know how this would make him realize this one piece because now the bomb looks the same to <laughs> it looks, me. It's just he looks an inside at, piece that was missing. Yeah, she slides the piece all the way in so you can't see it anymore. And then Morgan realizes he knows who built the bomb, and that person is doing life in federal prison. <gasps> who could it be? Oh my God. We learn that the bomb is exactly like the ones that were built by Adrian Bale, who's <gasps> no. Gideon's nemesis. And did you notice the Palm Beach detective or captain or whoever he is that they're working with? Do you notice what he said, the first thing he said? No. He said, who's Adrian Bale? Which means he is the first person we have encountered in this universe. <gasps> wow. That doesn't already, doesn't already know, know the, the whole saga about Gideon and Adrian Bale. I like this Bale. guy already. It's an actual realistic representation. Yeah. Um, so Reed suggests that since Bale has amassed kind of a cult following, it could be a copycat. And the detective very smartly says, well, maybe we should go interview him. Um, and Gideon looks just kind of shell-shocked. Um, yeah, he melts down like immediately. Yeah, he just like sits down, starts drinking water. Mm -hmm. um, he says that Bale needs to be handled very carefully and that he should leave that to them. And the detective asks what they should do. And Gideon says, proceed from the profile. Which he has not yet given them at that point. No. So now we get the dramatic profile reveal. Did yes. you want to talk about the profile? Sure. Reveal? So what was great? I mean, again, we have the camera work with the overlaid images, right? Which is amazing and always my favorite. But now we are seeing two people deliver the profile, Gideon and yes. Bosch together, which was wow. Now we're the, getting back to what we're used to. The profile delivery is evolving. It really. <laughs> Their signature is evolving. Um, so they say that this person is non-confrontational. If you bumped into him in a cafe, he'd apologize, even if it wasn't his fault. Highly organized, based on the meticulous design of his bombs. Above average intelligence. Probably has a skilled job or a trade, one that allows him to work alone, like a furniture maker, a jeweler, etc. Not necessarily a background in explosives. Good me neither. Uh, this is about murder. The bombs are just weapons. These attacks are not random. And then they break down bomb bomber categories by location, basically, right? Is that the same part? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because they talk about how, or Hotch talks about, you have basically bombs that are by terrorists, and those are uh, in more populated areas where they're trying to kill a bunch of people all at once. Politically motivated, where it's something like a Planned Parenthood being bombed and they're making a political yeah. statement. Or in this case, murder bombings, basically, because the bombs are being placed directly on the victim's stoops. Yes. Um, and I guess this isn't necessarily just... Uh, this, this is not necessarily a criticism of the show, but just me showing that I don't know anything about bombs. But when he says, like, doesn't know anything about it, or not necessarily, like, a background in explosives, like, that's just surprising to me because it seems like anyone who could build this sophisticated of a bomb yeah. would have to have some kind of a background. But I guess maybe not. I don't know. But I don't know. I, you'd the think way that you they're describing these bombs You'd seems... blow yourself up immediately exactly. if you didn't have a background in it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems insane, but who knows? I um, so Gideon decides to head to Atlanta to prison to talk to Bale while J.J. Hotch and L are wondering why somebody would just kill an old woman who just collects cats and coins. Mm -hmm. And this is really, this was a really funny part because Hotch mentions that he spent a good chunk of his childhood hunting for a 1944 penny worth thousands. 
And then he goes, I was a bit of a nerd. Is that surprising? And just the look that JJ and Elle share, mm-hmm. like they are as unsurprised as all of us watching at home. Yes. <laughs> yes. It sounds exactly like something he would yes. continue to do to this day yeah, in nothing. his spare time. But I just, I love, again, Hotch Watch. Hotch has hobbies. He's still a fairly developed character with like things to do outside of work. Yes. I do need to tell you something about Hotch Watch though. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom watched the first episode so that she could get ready to listen to the podcast I'm because glad she's we're inspiring she's others. being a nice yeah. supportive mother, mm-hmm. you know, and she told me that she was absolutely convinced that the guy with the pregnant wife was being set up to be the unsub because he had no personality <laughs> whatsoever. And I was like, oh, mother, this is seven oh, out of ten. <laughs> how, how far he's going to fall for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is him at top of his game. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like he's, he's still a person at this point. He made a joke. He's <laughs> collecting coins and coming up with baby names. Yeah. Uh, so Morgan calls them to say that everything on the bomb matches Bale's signature, but they're forgeries. Bale mm. didn't make them. Um, he warns that the packages could be addressed in block letters with blue ink um, because that's what Bale always did. Um, and so JJ goes to set up a press conference and let everybody know. Mm-hmm. So um, Hotch is speaking with the FBI assistant director who asks him if they're ready to or prepared to be able to make a deal with Bale. I love this part. And Hotch asks if she really wants to do that after he killed six agents and she says, you might have to. And he says, there has to be another. He's like, no. Yeah. I'll do nothing of the sort. Yeah, he's absolutely not even considering it all. It's like, maybe this team shouldn't be there on yeah. this case. They don't seem equipped to handle it. So Gideon arrives in Atlanta to speak with Bale. He knows exactly why they're there. Um, I found it a little odd that Gideon was there by himself. Like, it seems like even, even if they would have let him, which I don't believe the FBI would have let him go in alone mm-hmm. with this person like it seems like somebody would have insisted on it like on the team yeah just for his own like mental health and well-being the only person on this team who was uh concerned about him has washed his hands of the situation yes by not like i'm not coming it's a bad idea i'm not coming no support for me uh so they uh bale is just taunting gideon about his incompetent handling of the situation in boston he does manage to pronounce triad correctly i wrote that down too i had two (laughs) takeaways from this scene one of which is bale says triad correctly yes um he says that he had never planned to actually give himself up the emotional release of pushing the button is just too great for him and i really liked the scene because i felt like it was like the same thing that they were trying to do with richard in the Mm -hmm. first episode Mm -hmm. but they got it this time yes it was so good and i don't know if you noticed the levels in this scene like they start out at the beginning and gideon is standing and bale is sitting and gideon's very haughty and like obviously has all of the power in this situation and very quickly, Bale cuts him off at the knees, and he sits down, yeah, like and they're both on the same level. Down. I didn't notice that, but yeah, I remember that now that you bring it up. All I wanted at the end was for Bale to stand up first, as like he yeah, obviously like still has the switch. upper hand. Yeah, but we didn't get quite there, but we yeah. did get a no, you don't have any more power than me here. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a really good scene. I liked mm-hmm. that. Um, so then um, we see... Oh, wait. I missed something. Because my notes don't make sense. (laughs) Okay, so there was... At one point, we were watching um, a mom 
Oh, um, yes, yes. Oh, here we go. So there's a mom and a little girl, and they're just hanging out and at home watching TV, and JJ's press conference is playing. Um, Weirdly, so in front of this small child. Yeah, she's like warning them about being aware of packages with brown paper and blue letters. Um, and then we go to the prison scene. I just missed that sentence. <laughs> and then we're back at the house and the mother from the previous scene is cooking and her daughter says that there's a present for her. It's a package with blue letters and can she bring it to her? No. So the mom like drops an egg on the ground, goes running out there and the girl's just standing there holding this package that oh, looks God. exactly like the this other one. This part ones. is so good. Yeah. Um, Very similar to the foot on the gas pedal thing in the previous episode, right? Yeah. So Hotch... Um, arrives with the bomb squad, you know, actual bomb experts. And Too bad Morgan's not there. He would have been right on top yeah, of this. Yeah, the mom's just standing there telling the crying girl, like, to hold the package steady, and the girl's, you know, losing it, sobbing. They're all really scared. Um, but the bomb squad guys get there, and they stabilize the package and get the mom and the girl out of there. What restraint for this mom and this child? Like, if I was the mom, I would have gone over and, like, very delicately taken it from her, like, immediately. And had her go call 911 or something. Yeah. But the mom's just like... stick the arm in the body cavity. Right. Like in Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I would have switched places without question and gotten her away from there. And the mom's just like, don't move. Yeah. Even at their fastest response time, that's a really long time for this little girl to hold this box steady. Exactly. Yeah. There's no way I would have been able to do that. I would have taken it and probably blown up myself and my child. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have steady hands. Um, so then Gideon and Reed were back at the prison. Um, Reed was there, wasn't in the, uh, Mm. interrogation room, but he was waiting right outside. Um, he says that he knows Bale isn't in control of the situation because he would have mocked him and given him a harder time, um, with more specific details Mm. about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Reed very smartly decides that he's going to stay behind to monitor any mail and calls, uh, and contact that Bale has with the outside world. So. Then, Elle makes a break in the case. Oh, she has Hodge, something to do. Hodge hates it, though. His reaction to her initial suggestion is like a giant eye roll. Yeah. Um, so she discovers that the widow has been in this insurance dispute over $12,000 worth of possibly fake coins that she had attempted to insure. Mm-hmm. Um, she suggests that maybe somebody sold her the counterfeit fit coins knowingly and then wanted to show, shut her up. Um, she says that the woman had an appointment for an appraisal with a coin dealer, mm-hmm. um, probably to dispute this insurance came a claim. And Hotch suggests that the dealer, David Walker, might be able to point them in the direction of somebody who may have sold her these coins. Mm. Okay. So... Then we go back to the prison. Um, Reed is on the phone... With Garcia explaining that Bale has hacked the prison computers so that he can access the internet. Um, Garcia sends a virus that will track the ski, uh, keystrokes, and it's a fake link to some porn, and he's super gross. Mm, so yeah, he opens it's, it. It's super gross. Um, but the funny thing is, did you notice, like, before he, like, logs in to the internet, he, like, does this really dramatic fake stretch where he very suspiciously, like, looks yeah. around at all of the other guards. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that a guard would have been like, what are you doing? Checks to make sure <laughs> like, no one's looking. He does, like, a very dramatic lip-licking thing to like gets all lecherous in there yeah Yeah. oh it's so gross that would make everybody be like what yeah (laughs) so um 
This is great. So she discovers that he is posting to a message board called NaughtyHobbies.net. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really which is a tempted web- to try to visit this uh, it's, So she says it's a website for bomb enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. That is not what it sounds like. No. I don't know if you are a bomb enthusiast, how you would think to go to NaughtyHobbies.net. Oh, I love blowing things up, and that's just so naughty. Um. <laughs> And secondly, it is not a real website because I checked. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I was um, afraid to look it yes. up. You're much so, braver than I So am. I went and checked and it was just nothing. And then um, Bale warns, posts and warns all of the bomb buddies on his website that the FBI is onto them. And Reed asks Garcia for the names of everyone who's been on that website in the last month, which at that point made me laugh really hard because me, like yeah. I am now on that list. <laughs> So, um, then we cut to someone who I assume is building a bomb. To me, it looked could like an be. arc reactor. Yeah, but it could have. I, I am, we're supposed to assume it's some kind of explosive device. Yeah, it pro- it wasn't a Molotov cocktail because there were too many ingredients. There's no sugar. Yeah, <laughs> and there were. Um, I assume it's a pipe bomb because it was made out of some pipes and various <laughs> other materials. <laughs> Uh, but then the bad part is that the we just see the bottom of the man's face, who is a white man, oh, by the way, man. and he's locking a collar, like trying a collar around his neck. So you know this is something not really well. bad is about to go mm-hmm. down. Um, so Reed calls Gideon. He reports that none of the bomb buddies from the website are in Palm Beach. Gideon asks about occupations, and Reed says it wasn't a required field. Um, and it seems weird that this bomb enthusiast website like wouldn't, registration. wouldn't have a more thorough vetting process. I can't believe he'd be like, I'm so naughty. I'm going to make illegal explosive devices. First, let me check age, occupation, exactly. other hobbies. Yeah, this guy's supposed to be highly intelligent, right? And organized. Here's my address and my cell phone number, just in case anyone on this message board needs to reach me directly. So Gideon says that, no, he uh, would be highly, like he'd take a lot of pride in his work. So he would Mm. fill in that occupation. And it seems to me that if you really valued your job, you would be even less likely to put your actual occupation. Yeah. Um, But... Uh, Reed starts listing off a couple of them, and one of them is antiquities dealer, which sets mm. off some alarms for mm-hmm. Gideon. Uh, so then we cut back to Elle. I love this wife. Yes. She's she so has great. gone to David Walker's home, the coin mm-hmm. dealer. Um, she first speaks with his wife. Did she remind you of anyone? The wife? Yeah, the actress. No. She reminded me of Colette from the Mindy Project. Oh, her voice yes. sounded exactly like her, and I was really confused because yes, now that you're saying it, except this woman was hilarious for all the wrong reasons. Oh my god, she's so great! I wrote down what she said because I watched it so many times. Oh, I rewound please share it. it. It's great. They're walking down the driveway towards the detached garage where we're to assume he has like a workshop or whatever, and the wife saying, "Oh, I hope he's not committing suicide. I won't get to collect life insurance." <laughs> What? Yeah, she clearly hates What a him. marriage. Yeah. She tells Elle if she's not married, not to marry the first person who proposes to her because mm-hmm. it's not worth it. Um, 
So they're walking back to the garage. Um, Reed calls Hotch with the name of the antiquities dealer. It's David Walker, whose name Hotch writes out almost completely on a piece of paper before realizing that it's the name of the man whose house he just sent L to alone. Doesn't it make you wonder if somebody's just like spelling it for him? No, he wasn't like, it's da- the man's name is David Walker. They're like, write this down, D. D, a. As, D as in dog. <laughs> A as in airplane. And it takes him to get all the way to David Walk before he's like, wait a second. Wait a minute. This Elle's is bad. in trouble. Um, so yeah, this is this whole way through this episode when I was watching it, mm-hmm. I just didn't remember it really. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't think I've seen this one before until this moment because David Walker puts the garage door up. Yep. And runs his wife over in a way that can only be described as cartoonish. Like it's comical. <laughs> up over the hood. Up over the hood. And then he stops and she slides Limbs off into the kimbo. It's amazing. It's like a very serious scene and it is just, it's absolutely comical. Yep, like there's no way that wife. anyone was looking at that cinematography and going, mm, mm-hmm, people are going to take this it's really like their, seriously. their stunt coordinator was at lunch and they were like, but we got to film <laughs> this segment. We'll just do it in the safest, quickest way possible. Realism be damned. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> so L and Hutch go to check out, or Hutch gets there and he and L go in to look at the workshop. Um, they realize that Walker has been forging these antique coins with mm. electroplating. Yeah, I'm, I'm so curious because we know now that this guy has killed several people yeah. with bombs. I see no bomb squad. No, no one gingerly approaches this garage first. Elle's like, uh, hey, you want to go inside? Yeah, but she's got to put her purse right. over her shoulder. Purse, purse over her tiny shoulder. Purse. She's ready to go in yeah. there. Uh, there's nothing. It was so weird to me. Yeah. That no one like like there were the like scene. other cops, but not you. Yeah, you would think that you would send the bomb squad. Right, you'd want to make sure that he hadn't like because he said it like a trap. He clearly knew that he was going to be caught. Like, right. what is stopping him from making it so the next person who walks into that room, yeah. blows up the whole garage? Yeah, they were not concerned. Well, they had no reason to be because everything's fine. Well, <laughs> and well, so here's the, also the first thing this made me think of, I'm like, oh, an anti-coin related bombing, an antiquities bombing. Have you heard of the Mormon bombings? No. It was in Utah. There's a net, the only reason I know about this is there's a Netflix documentary called Murder Among the Mormons. Yeah. And it's about a, a guy who had like a first edition copy of the one of the their books, like a, the Book of Mormon or something. I can't remember. Um, but there's like he blows people up over it, and there's all this back and forth on this Netflix documentary about it. And I was like, Oh wow, Criminal Minds, are you getting inspiration from true crime? Yeah, I don't. know. I mean, yeah, every once in a while they have a something like you can recognize as a yeah. real crime. But no, I hadn't heard of that. That sounds Just, interesting. Yeah. Um. So then they also in the garage find his little like fangirl shrine to Bale mm. where there's a newspaper clipping where mm-hmm. it says Bale and it's circled and he wrote the best little hearts underneath it. Yeah. Walker plus Bale. Um, so Elle moves a drop cloth and there's all of his bomb building supplies mm-hmm. and Hotch warns that Walker is smart, dangerous and has nothing to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another scene. And I think I was kind of hungry when I was what, writing, <laughs> writing these notes because the scene just 
made me hate Morgan so much mm-hmm. because Garcia is setting out her delicious looking lunch and so she's gingerly. so clearly excited to eat it. Mm-hmm. And Morgan comes stomping in with a giant pile of papers and like throws it down and makes fun of her for being hungry and tells her she can't eat right now. Yeah. So, and these are in fact a stack of printed out emails. <laughs> yes. Yes, what they is are. happening? In fact, they are. Like, my only thought, the only way this makes sense is if they need to have hard copies for a file box. Yeah, but why are they searching through them? I don't know. This is the CD cases it's, all and over it is, again. It is a full ream yeah, of 500 paper. sheets of <laughs> yeah. emails. I'm like, there's no way that Garcia doesn't have a, pro- a program where you could search through the entire list of emails for, for specific words. Yeah. But no, Morgan decides bizarre. to like, ruin her lunch. Let's take two highlighters and yeah. go through these papers. Probably two thirds of those papers are the extra pieces that print out when you try to print something off of a web browser. Exactly. Where it's like not, I was oh, Yeah, it's absolutely so the most inefficient way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Garcia says that they should look for signature behavior because if Walker got notes on making bombs from bail, then he probably got, also got tips on avoiding the cops. Mm-hmm. Again, Garcia knows everything thank god she's here in a believable way too uh morgan condescendingly is impressed with her insight like manages to make it rude even Mm -hmm. when he's telling her that she's right so the two of them start looking through all of the emails um then we're back at the uh palm beach police department we learn from the detectives who did some pretty quick work on this that walker was once arrested for forging checks a ton of the items in his store were counterfeit he was very in debt um and when the widow learned that her coins were fake he knew that his whole operation was going to be outed Mm. um so then a man walks into the building and he's got the collar around his neck and the bombs strapped to his chest pizza bomber yes and what does everyone do sarah they come for a closer look. No, but what do they do first? What do you mean? What do they what do? What does first? everyone in the room do when he walks in? Oh. This man covered in bombs. <laughs> Are you talking about how they tell him to leave? Like, they're like, first Get they out tell of him here. to leave, and then everyone in the room pulls a gun. Yes. Like, what is their plan? They're all screaming, they're aiming guns at his bomb. They're like, Get like, out of here. A you. full circle of Go. people all the way around are all pointing their guns at him. Like, what are they going to Are they going to shoot him? What's going to happen if they shoot him? He's going to blow up the whole police department. Yeah, we, we have no idea. They what? have no plan. <laughs> I just love it. They're like, get you. Yeah. Get out of here. They're like, yeah. But yeah, the gun thing. It was just like, you. what is your plan here? <laughs> like, somebody please explain you to me what the next step is. stop right now and take is. off that bomb, sir. Uh, but it's not Walker. It's just some random man who Walker um, is using under duress to deliver his demands, which is a helicopter and a passport. Again, I'm curious about the plan here. There because is no, nobody has a plan here on either this side. Is, and this is not, again, not a specific criticism of this show, but just this trope in general. Yeah, where the what, bad guy asks for a helicopter. What are they going to do? Like, and then your pilot is going to fly <laughs> exactly. me and he'll drop me off and then I'll have him fly back to you. And like, what passport does he want? Does he want his own passport? Does he want a fake passport that they made him? Because if so, then they know his alias. Right. No, he has no plan. There's no plan here. And I just love, I love this pizza bomber moment because it's true crime that's close to home and close to my heart. So this is a great callback. And if you haven't watched the Netflix documentary about that, you should watch that too. Yes, it's a good one. Um, They 
decide that because of the situation, Walker has to be close by. They send out a whole SWAT team to the building's perimeter. They immediately happen to spot him through a window. It's pure insanity at this point. Yeah. Um, The bomb squad guy, they actually have one there. He's looking at this bomb and he says it's too sophisticated for him to be able to figure out how to disarm it before the timer runs out. Which is a couple hours from now. I think it's three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So they put the man in this like glass cage. It's so weird. In the middle of the police They don't clear the room. Nobody except the one guy that's in the cage with him is in any kind of protective gear. Yeah. They're just like moseying around. Is it bomb proof glass? Does that exist? I don't think so. I mean, maybe in like a Marvel movie, but not in real life. Right. And also is the middle of the police station the best place to put yeah, him in there case has to be he a more accidentally blows up. location than this. Like, is there a floor above them? Is there a floor below them? The middle of the parking lot? Yeah. Something? Literally anywhere? I don't know. But that part didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so. They. Oh, so they go over to the building. Um, they've got this whole team of SWAT like tech, like guys all decked out in their tactical gear and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but into the building, they send Hotch, L, and like four other plainclothes cops, none of whom are wearing any protective gear whatsoever. Not needed. No. So they walk in. And that's, I don't understand. After the whole bail incident, we know this guy is copying bail. Why do they think this takedown plan is a good idea? Yeah. It went very badly the last time they did this. And they're like, caution to the wind. Yeah. We're going to do it how we always do it. Uh, so Hotch tells him to put his hands up. Walker moves his hand to the remote and then says he can't because his hand is on the remote. So that's a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. Um, so it couldn't have been like a pressure switch or something because his hand wasn't on it a second ago. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was pressing down on a button. He was just holding the detonator in his hand. So Walker repeats his demands again and Hotch is just like, come on, man, you're not getting out of here. Just (laughs) give it up. Just stop. Um, and Walker is just like panicking all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he knows he's right. He tosses the gun, appears to just give in. Um, Morgan calls Gideon to let him know about an email exchange they found between Walker and Bale, in which Bale tells him that he regrets giving himself up and that life in a cage is worse than dying. So Gideon realizes that Walker is a forger, not a bomber. He tells everyone to get out, and Walker detonates another bomb that he has with him to kill himself rather than go to jail, but everybody had gotten out of the building by that point. And I just, I don't see how they couldn't have seen that coming. I mean, guys. Yeah. Guys. At least they made it out this time. That's true. So there's still the problem of bomb collar guy. Mm -hmm. Without Walker, they don't have any idea how to safely defuse this bomb. And at this point, they have less than two hours. Um, So their only, their only option at this point is to solicit help from bail. Mm -hmm. So what do they do, Sarah? Are you talking about how they fly back there to see him again? No, no. Oh, how they bring him there? They, they fly him <laughs> in. Yes. From a lot Palm of jet Beach. setting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know how long it takes to fly from no, Atlanta I'm to so Palm Beach? No, I'm so glad you looked this up. How long does it take? <laughs> um, so all of the commercial flights that I could find were like an hour and 45 minutes. Mm. They have two hours. Mm-hmm. So um, even if they're private jetting. Yes, which then I found some private jet charter companies. <laughs> And use some flight calculators. And I wasted a whole lot of time on this. Mm -hmm. An hour and 20 minutes 
was the shortest flight time I could find. Plus, you have the time to and from the airports, like yeah. drive time. You can't just take a prisoner and just say, come on, we're getting on a plane. Like, so we're saying conservatively, they take 15 minutes to drive to their private jet. They take an hour and 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. Then they have to get from the jet to the jail, get permission to take bail, another hour and 20 minutes back, and more drive time. Well, even if they just called and had like an Atlanta FBI agent bring bail there, yeah, you're left with like 10 minutes. Yeah, there has still- to be a better way to do this. Because like they couldn't have gone themselves to get him and come back right. because the bomb would have gone off. Yeah. Like, did video conferencing not exist at this time? Like they couldn't have talked I guess to him? Not well, who knows? After that point and shoot camera that Elle was using in the last episode, I'm That's not true. very Maybe. confident. I'm trying to in, remember when Skype was a thing. Yeah. I'm really glad you looked that up though, because I was wondering about all of this back and forth. Yeah. It took me a minute because at first I was like, wait, are they there? Did they fly there? And I was like, no, they brought him. Yeah, (laughs) naturally. (sighs) Also, we could stand there and look at it from afar. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so that they they would have had like 20 minutes tops for him to look at this bomb, figure out what he has to do. Although I guess if he helped build the thing. Either way, I still, I, I don't believe that there's not one person in the country who could have looked at the bomb via some sort of video conferencing uh, and explain to them how video. to do it. That's true. Morgan knew so much about it already. Or Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or both of them. Yeah. The two of them together could have figured it out. Um, but now they decide to waste a whole bunch of convers- uh, time on this conversation where Bale demands to be transferred to a mental facility. Uh, Gideon agrees because he just wants to help this guy. And yet this is why I thought that they had gone all gone to Atlanta to see That's Bale what and I bring Bale too. back because of this long negotiation that they do. Yes. Where Hodge is this like look no, they're of just, utter disgust. They're on the other side of the glass from the poor man who's about to be oh. blown up in seconds so they can see each they other. Just, turn their back on the guy with yeah, the bomb exactly. strapped to him. Yes. Um, so yeah, he's just watching in a blind panic. Um, still in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. They haven't moved him outside, even though going outside is no longer a threat because right, right. Walker's dead and he Not can't detonate the bomb. Um, no time to spare. But yeah, this, this is just another good, it's some good Gideon acting. Yes. Um, oh, this Ma- Mandy Patinkin just yes. hits it out of the ballpark with this one. Because... Um, Bale demands that Gideon publicly admit his fault in the Boston incident, mm-hmm. and um, that's part of the condition for him to help. And I, I'm feeling like you want to talk about Gideon's response to this. Well, it's just... Because I, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, again, I, I can't state enough times that I would watch Mandy Patinkin do just about anything. And if you follow him on TikTok, you realize you can watch him do just about anything. It's transcendent. Um, but I just think it's it's unbelievable that not only do they have time to sit and watch Mandy Patinkin write out this whole thing, yes, they then have time for him to perform it for them. Yeah. But like, I, I just love it because like, it's a weird flex on Bale's part because Gideon feels bad about this. Yeah. He fully takes responsibility. Like he's not he's not trying to hide that in any way, nor has he ever tried no, to hide like this in any way. There's like, death on his hands. He feels bad yeah, about it's it. It's genuine remorse mm-hmm. when he's apologizing and saying, Yeah, I made the wrong call. Like this was my fault and these people are dead because of me. And Bale's like, haha, gotcha. Yeah. He's like, no, this is He's never claimed that to not be true. Yeah. Like nobody has made any effort to hide this yeah. at all, yeah. especially Gideon. So I just didn't understand what they were trying to do there. 
Um, or what Bale was trying to do there. It's not a power move. Um, but then Hotch interrupts the moment that they're having and says, we have four minutes. So, oh, don't worry. That's still like three minutes and yeah. 40 seconds we can waste. Yeah. So I'm not sure what they do for the next. I, maybe that's when Bale's looking at the bomb maybe. for like yeah, maybe. two minutes. But he um, tells them that they need to cut the red wire because, of course, they've done the movie thing where you, you have figured it out down to two wires. Right. Um, so he says, you got to cut the red one. Gideon asks him if he's sure. And he says, yes, absolutely sure. And he says, remember, you go back to jail if you gave us the bad information. And Bale's like, yeah, I know. Cut the red one. Um, Gideon tells them to cut the blue one. They do. And the timer stops. At 17 seconds. Yeah. Like seven seconds or something yeah. ridiculous. So like Hotch, um, grabs Bale and like Hotch hits him. ready to tear this man <laughs> He like apart. slams him against the door frame as he's taking him oh, out, but he's he so happy about it. Cool. Um, so then Gideon accompanies Bale back to the prison. And see, this is where oh. I also, like the back and forth on this private jet, the cost to the taxpayer on these yeah. trips in this jet alone yeah. is astounding to me. Um, but L asks him how he knew. Um, and he flashes back to the earlier conversation where Bale says that mm. he couldn't help but push the button. Um, and Gideon says, he told me himself. Mm-hmm. So Gideon takes Bale back to prison. He says he gets a lot of pleasure out of knowing he puts him in that cell and that you might even call it an emotional release. Ooh, and then there's he smiles. That game burn. Yeah, he smiles as he that walks away down smile. the hall. And then the game aye, or the aye, sh- aye. episode's over. Loved it. Yeah. This was a really good episode. It really was. They they outdid themselves. They committed. They finally picked something that I know so little about that even my cursory internet research couldn't burst the, their bubble. Yeah. Um, and and like, just great acting in it. Yeah. It was believable. Mm-hmm. Like, they you know, they got you in. Yeah. Yeah. It so was exciting. What did you think of the profile? Because we're, we're grading the profile yeah. on three things. Yeah. Um, the accuracy, it was good. Yeah. Like, they nailed it. They got mm-hmm. everything on the profile. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, almost like a 10. Yeah. And the assumption, there were no crazy assumptions. It was all things that were based on real bombers. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, facts this of, is, of the cases they encountered them. Yeah. Like, you know, we know bombers do this or, like, behave in this way. Mm-hmm. So we would expect that the unsub would behave in this way. Yeah. Or and like, they do. There, I think there's a difference too between like having a hunch and speculating and get gathering a piece of information and following up on it. Yeah. And they did much more of the latter in this one. Yes. There was nothing in the profile where you're just like, where yeah. are you getting this bit yeah, of information? Exactly. Um, but as far as helpfulness, like, it was helpful, like the use of psychology and everything was helpful in their dealings with Bale, mm-hmm. but not in the apprehension of Walker because Elle was already at their house based on her own research yeah. and her own investigation. Mm-hmm. So like that part would have played out the same way no matter what, I yeah. assume. It, it was helpful, I guess, in confirming their suspicions after the fact, yeah. but not so much in but hunting I mean, he, him down. He, yeah, he outed himself immediately when he drove out of the driveway and threw his own wife right. to get away from them. Yes, <laughs> so. yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, it was just normal. They're, I mean, they're good investigators, but the psychology part was really, I thought, was really only helpful in the bail parts, yeah. not in the 
regular unsub. Yeah, I agree. So on a scale of one to 10, what would you give it? I don't know, like maybe like a three or four. Yeah, it's still pretty far down there for me, like a four. Um, Because like you said, I, I think though we're grading this on three factors, the helpfulness of apprehending the criminal is the number one. Like it's weighted more heavily than the other two factors. So if ultimately you're called in to give a profile to hunt someone down and your profile in fact does not help hunt anyone down. Yeah. And you're actually just doing regular police work. Like this is one that I feel like aside, if you took the bail part out of it, just the bomber stuff, Mm -hmm. I feel like the Palm Beach police department who showed themselves to be perfectly competent probably would have figured it out themselves. They just had a little bit of extra help, which was fun to watch because you got to see both sides doing their jobs. Yeah. Ultimately, I think this is the most fun of the three that we've watched Absolutely. This is definitely the best episode. And it makes me very excited to watch episode four, which is Plain Sight. Yes. I remember this one and I'm really excited about it because it's a good one. I'm still so entrenched in the later episodes that I'm not quite remembering these beginning ones until they get started. So I'm excited to go back and watch more and we hope you're at home watching them too you still have time to watch episode four uh before we record that one yes um thank you all again for listening you can find us on spotify and apple podcasts be sure to leave us a five-star review um and you can also find us on instagram at the unsub is a white man to catch up with us in between episodes uh we've been posting just a a few callbacks to our favorite moments and episodes so far. Yes. A few of our favorite lines. <laughs> our, uh, our theme song is composed and performed by Nate Youngblood, and our podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Yes. And join us next time in the Office of Unmitigated Superiority as we deliver another profile. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>